Welcome to the PR Moment Podcast. Produced in association with the Marketeers Network. This week on the PR Moment Podcast, I'm interviewing Michelle Goodall, Chief Marketing Officer at Guild. And we're going to be talking about the techniques required to build a community, the differences between a network and a community, and what are the advantages for organisations in having an engaged community. Before we start, do take a look at uh, what I might call the stunning selection of free webinars we've got coming up, ranging from PR and TikTok, changing your measurement mindset from output to impact and correlation or causation, the link between corporate reputation and business performance. Also, thank you so much as ever to our PR podcast sponsors, the PRCA. Michelle, welcome to the show. Oh, thanks for having me on, Ben. I'm delighted to be here. A pleasure, a pleasure. I've been meaning to get you on for a while. So come on and talk to us about communities. Um, when we talk about a community in a business con- context, um, so how are we defining that? What is a community and what isn't? Gosh, a community is different things to different businesses, but maybe probably let's just focus, focus on B2B communities. Um, it's a group of professionals that are drawn together by a shared interest and they're going to be held together over time by mutual support or benefit that actually together they derive value from being a collective and those communities can meet in the real world they can meet in digital or online spaces or actually both as well and actually there are lots of different categories of community um so i wrote an article a while ago that tried to sort of condense them down to five categories and i call it the five p's of community so community of practice and that tends to be you know quite pervasive in in the world of business where you focus on a discipline like comms a skill or a craft and and these used to uh, usually are professional communities um in specific industry sectors or roles where people come together they learn together they grow they mentor they fix a problem they jump on an opportunity um, the other uh, p's are community of product so there are things like salesforce hubspot or even guild where members of those communities are really focused on coming together and discussing and learning about a specific product. Then you've got communities of place. So that might be you know, PR practitioners in the Northwest, for example. Communities of purpose, that's another P. Um, that tends to be almost like a higher purpose. For example, um, getting rid of bias in artificial intelligence in communications. That could be an example of a community of purpose. And then communities of play. Uh, we don't get so many of those in B2B, but they're actually quite you know big communities in consumer um brands for example people like lego for example where people are coming together around a something that they love to spend their hobby or, or leisure interest and time around as well so communities in a business context is essentially a group of people who are drawn together by something a shared interest a shared purpose but held together over a long period of time because they get value from that collectiveness just on the consumer, I mean, you said those to B2B, but I'm, mm. as you talk there, I mean, I could apply most of that to B2C as well, couldn't I? Is that not, is that fair yeah. from a community perspective? Pretty much. You, you tend to find in a lot of B2C that communities tend to be a little less connected and invested. They tend to be more like sort of fan-based communities, and unless you have something, for example, around a brand or an organisation that is purpose-led, you know, for, you know, if you were, Ecover, for example, and, and you wanted to 
regenerate kind of trees or whatever you might have a community which is actually a bit more like a community of purpose for example so yeah yeah I, I think you're right I think you're right because I spend so much of my time in professional communities that's the lens that I tend to apply so what's the between I'm just thinking about the practical when I you know you go through social media LinkedIn websites uh, or when when is a What's the difference between a community and a network, if you like? There's a because they they sound quite similar to me. Okay, so I think people are bandying this word community around, and it's used in lots of different ways. I mean, you know, for example, in comms, community engagement has been something that people have done for a long period of time. You know, if you work in property or property development, or you know, kind of the NHS or whatever, of course you're going to think about community as your, you know, loosely, you know collection of, of people and you're going to be using lots of different ways to um, communicate with them and, and of course that's absolutely right but I think more recently people have conflated this word community with networks and actually I think there are slightly different um, about it and if we want to be academic about it I think a network is something a group or a collection of people that places the individual at the centre so individuals who join a network are thinking more often about what they can derive, the value that they can derive from belonging to that group, okay? But a community is different. It places more importance on the collective and what it achieves, and, and that's much more the individual. It's about what value the community and the group of people can collectively create and achieve from belonging. Okay. So um, I think there, there is a difference there. Yeah, I think it's a subtle difference, but they, okay, yeah. Um, and on the, you know, what is a community and what isn't? And I know this is, you know, this is uh, to, to an extent we're arguing over different shades of, of, of community here, but it's it's interesting just to, to discuss it anyway. Um, it, you know, is a, a read of a website, is, am I then part of a community? Um, uh, if I follow a brand on Twitter, am I a part of that, that brand's, albeit a B2B brand's community on, on, through, through, through Twitter? If I subscribe to the Guild's website, am I part of your community? Sorry, your, your newsletter, I should say. Am I mm-hmm. part of your community? It's, it's a tricky... It's a tricky, you know, when am I, when am I in and when, when am I out? <laughs> okay, so I would say you, you're taking your first step towards it. A, a reader of a website, someone who follows you or your brand on Twitter, for example, or as you say, a subscriber of a newsletter. I'd say that they are only very, very loosely a member of a community because what they're doing is these are individual actions, you know, unless you have a comment section or a space in your site where readers can reply, they can add value, they can build kind of intelligence over a period of time. Um, actually, it's very one way, isn't it? So readers, subscribers, etc. They're not really being part of a collection of mutual support or benefit, which is, you know, one of the definitions of community. Um, that's presumably other than okay, being connected. Right? That, that's okay because you, you oh, don't yeah. you don't they don't want it you don't maybe you don't want it who don't, you know that's that's no. just life is it we're not, not saying that's not every publisher wants to have a community not every person wants to belong to a community and, and you're absolutely right you know for some people um it doesn't matter it, it, you know there in community strategy we talk about intrinsic and extrinsic motivators and these are really important things without getting too you know kind of academic about it it's reasons and motivations for belonging to something and, and what I, I actually, you know, derive in terms of value from something. So, you know, I think I don't want to say because you've got, you know, a presence on Twitter, you don't have a community. I'm not going to sort of slam people and say that you don't have a community, but you have a very loose community. If you start to put people into 
places and spaces where an algorithm is not getting in the way, ads are not getting in the way, people can choose to come in and engage. And, and everybody has um, the same share of voice, you know, not the loudest gets the most visibility. Then you have really the start of a community, regardless of whether that's a, you know, an old fashioned forum on your website or whether it is, you know, part of the modern um, you know, kind of tranche of community platforms like Guild. I'm just hearing you talk there. Is it is it the reality that organisations, businesses have actually have different communities within their within their business? I mean, I, I guess the obvious one is internal an internal community and an external community but even within that you you're you're likely to have different types of people with different interests and passions and motivations perhaps is that is that fair or or is it a bit more generic than that no I think that's absolutely fair and and, you know part of community strategy is actually doing what you would do in good comms strategy which is you know defining your audiences segmenting those audiences and stakeholders and actually determining where those communities might take place. There are a lot of people who are running, you know, what they would call communities via emails and, and listservs that are, you know, 20, 30, 40 years old as well. So in community strategy, we call it a community taxonomy. So social media would definitely be part of that. And email would be part of that as well. But also different platforms and different technologies to suit the purpose of the community and actually who your members are. So I'll give you an example. If you're somebody like, Salesforce, of course, you're going to use your own platforms for your communities, but also you're going to, you know, have your vast, um, you know, Salesforce communities meeting in kind of public spaces and also through other places and spaces as well. But if you are in your taxonomy of a community, if you have your really important, you know, top 500 global clients, you're going to want to put them in a different space as well. Because you don't necessarily want your top 500 global clients talking to your prospects, for example, or your, I don't know, um, partner, partner network. So exactly that, exactly the same with any forms of communication. What you would do in your community strategy is to look at this taxonomy, your different audiences, different places and spaces, and not just think about online. Also think about the physical elements of community, which are often the most powerful elements of community anyhow. Right. And is it always a good idea or is it is, is it sometimes just takes too long and too hard and doesn't necessarily have a, 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 a useful enough outcome? Um, I think it depends what type of community you talked about, internal communities um, in that, that last question, which I didn't really address. But actually, I think in, in every organisation, um, building your internal community is a really good idea. And actually, the pandemic, I think, put that front and centre. And it's quite interesting In the comms uh, sector, the people who have really got community very quickly and who are actually doing, I think, the most interesting stuff with it are internal communicators. So I think building a community within an organisation is always a good idea. And actually, I get to interview people like Shamil Thakrar and Sam Branson, um, you know, other people for building better business on, on the Guild blog. And actually, I always ask them around, you know, their thoughts around community in, in organisations. And for them, it always starts with their internal communities. How are they treating their employees, their colleagues, their staff? And how are they using communities internally? So I would say internal communities are always a good idea. External communities, no, not for everybody. It takes you know, thinking time. It takes um, strategic focus and it takes time and it takes resource. But actually, if you are going to build external communities, what those guys in Building Better Business have said is that you build a reputational moat. You know, whether it's your investor community or whether it's your 
partner community or your prospect community, essentially what you have is a direct communication with those different groups and audiences and stakeholders that are most important to you. So, you know, I think where most businesses fail is that they don't take community seriously and that it hasn't come from top down. But if you have good leadership, if you have people who really understand what communities actually mean, and I think as a, you know, a consultant or a strategist in this space, if you can think about communities in lots of different ways, then it's always a good idea to think about at least one community in a in an organisation. Right. Um, and you, we talked about it. Well, you've touched on it a bit already, but the the, the channel that a community lives on if that's the right phrase mm-hmm. um what's the, what's the best way to go around that do you try and have a multi multi-channel approach or do you try and have a, a a one hub where everyone meets up because i guess the there's advantages of both approaches are there advantages and disadvantages i should say of both approaches yeah i think there's no one size fits all ben to be honest with you you know the, the reality is and a lot of people you know i've been criticized by saying you know social media doesn't kind of a community make etc but in most strategies there will be an element of you know meeting your audiences where they are but you know this this taxonomy this idea is actually uh, I, I met with a um a ceo of a, a business yesterday and she was talking about how you know she's built her organization and her brand through social media particularly linkedin but actually what she recognizes now is that she's speaking to a mass of people and what she needs to now do is to pull different communities and different groups of people into more sort of micro communities. And, and that's where she's starting to think about, obviously, LinkedIn is important to her and will continue to be so. But actually, those people who are very, very strong prospects for her or existing clients, she's moving into other um, platforms. So I think... The answer is is based in, I think, your sort of maturity in terms of your strategy around communities and, you know, the makeup and the mix of the platforms that you might use. Uh, and again, let's not forget that community and being in physical places is, is really, really important. You know, will be de- de- determined broadly by your strategy and, and, you know, how you blend that with your overarching marketing and communication strategy. But also things like product strategy. You know, I'm, I'm working in SaaS and uh, for us, communities are really, really important that we've got people who are feeding back on the product and, you know, we can beta test things with them as well. So, you yeah. know, it, it's it, there really isn't one size fits all. And, and that's the same with social media as well. You know, a B2B brand will have a very different, you know, set of channels that it meets its audiences in versus, you know, a, a, you know, a, a youth brand that is trying to meet, you know, people who talked about tiktok earlier you know of course that's going to be incredibly important can you build right. a community on tiktok mm, kind of well it's <laughs> probably your, we're going it's back around to your, circles yeah it's back to your first step isn't it maybe it's the first step but but just bring it back to sort of pr and comms yeah. a little bit or maybe the core element of pr and comms to an extent um what, what's the role of content in, in building a community then because it, it, it's it's clearly an important element but but how important would you say yeah it, it's quite interesting because um we get a lot of people who start off communities on Guild, whether they are publishers, membership organisations or brand organisations or consultancies or whatever. And they think that they have to be posting content literally every single day. And I think one of the uh, you know, legacies of social media is that if you don't have high volumes of content, if you have, don't have high volumes of engagement, then you miss the opportunity to be seen. So content is important and aligning 
your community strategy to your content strategy is critical, but you don't have to have as much content as you would imagine. And I think what's important with the community is, is to kind of think about how you build content with them over a period of time. So actually, we've been talking in comms about co-creation and user-generated content and collaboration for many, many, many years. And actually, that's quite difficult to do in some instances through social, but through community platforms, it's easier. And actually, I think it's important to have content in your community, but not on such a regular basis. It's good to allow people to, you know, have a look at I don't know, a video or a webinar or an event or the start of a discussion and actually to allow those to breathe over a period of time, which social media just doesn't allow you to do. And if you're not in there and in the moment, the moment has passed. So I think it's sort of taught us quite bad habits around content. And again, you know, talking about your podcast coming up and, you know, output doesn't necessarily mean impact. So you can be a little bit more reserved around how much content you put through your communities and post through your communities and actually that's quite a nice surprise to those people who've just been working in social for a long period of time okay. is you sort of segue nicely there into the role of community management and the community manager what are the the core skills there because i know when we're chatting before you're you're quite passionate about how pr people well, not all PR people, but a lot of PR people, those will be potentially be quite natural skills to them. Yeah, I, I, I'm i going to, you know, stand on this soapbox and, and die on this hill. I'll tell <laughs> you, Ben, honestly, quite literally. So we talked before I came on the podcast and, and, you know, for people who know me, they'll sort of say, you know, God, Michelle was never short of having an opinion. But actually, I've been in this industry now for 25 years and, and I've seen how PR and comms have actually, I think in some instances, missed the boat around certain things that have come through, search engine optimization being one, um, influencer marketing being another. And, and now, you know, kind of community, don't miss the opportunity around community because it's there and you have every single skill required to be brilliant, not just in terms of managing communities, but also the strategy around community as well. So understanding different publics, different audiences, different stakeholders, understanding how you build engagement over time, understanding reputation and, and risk and professional reputations as well, um, being able to connect the dots, networking, um, you know, joining up, I guess, things that are sort of slightly disconnected and, and having like an elephant type memory as well. I think the best thing about comms pros is that you sort of straddle the line between, you know, performer, convener, magician, surgeon, lawyer, um, you know, and, and presenter as well. And actually all of these skills are brilliant in community management. You know, it's not just about you being the host with the most, although that does help. And I think a lot of brands and organizations make the mistake of putting very junior people um, managing their communities a bit like sort of early days of social media but actually it's the stuff that you don't do it's the stuff that you don't react to it's you know sometimes just sitting back and allowing conversations to build as well and actually I think comms professionals have the soft skills and the hard skills that are required to do community really really well and community management is absolutely one of those critical elements it's not just getting your strategy right but actually getting the right person to manage your community or right people to manage your communities. 
I'm just amazed that more comms and PR professionals haven't spotted the huge opportunity that is here and, and is coming. You only have to look in the US and you have to look at the the salaries of people who work in community and how they're going up and up and up and up and also how the seniority levels of um, community specialists, you know, there's chief community officer in the US now. And every time we go to the States, we just see that actually it's taken a lot more seriously there. So, you know, my plea to everybody in comms is please, 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 you know, learn as much as you can. We're on the Guild blog, we're publishing, you know, content all the time. I've just published a, a community a glossary this morning. Um, you know, go and read up. There's loads of free stuff. There's also a community for community specialists called the Guild Community Collective. Go and join that. Really gen up, you know, be a reader, be a learner. Um, and Careful, Michelle, you're going to get me dusting down my CV in a minute. I'm going to Dust become, down your CV, I'm going to, Ben. I'm going to become but, a community manager. But, um... which, which you should be, you know. And and, <laughs> and the thing is, you know, you, you talked earlier about readers and subscribers, you know. Yes, you know, absolutely. And, and you meet people in physical spaces and you do have a community around the PR moment. Um, actually, I think, you know, what publishers are doing is they're realising that they can have this 365, you know, day a week um, relationship with with readers and subscribers and members and so that's actually quite a big change in, yeah, it's, 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 in the publishing world. When you were saying I think about having different almost different circles do you remember years ago Google circles I do. do you remember that do I still what? think it wasn't a bad idea. Oh, <laughs> I, I always and people are bored about this it was the perfect social network it just came so, four yeah. or five years too late and, and actually this is where Twitter should have also taken on that concept which is you can have one big kind of network, but actually you can publish to different yeah. channels. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, but, it, it, was, but, it was brilliant, but it was googly. So there we go. Yeah, maybe. I did, that's probably right. Yeah, because I just made, as you were thinking there, there's there's bits of our communities which are, mm. sorry, I don't want to, some of our readers are quite happy being readers and we're very happy with them being readers, but there's other people we communicate and yeah. uh, and are much closer to and they are, I think they would fit into your definition of a community, but it's yeah. interesting stuff. And just one more, just why are there not more community managers in PR then is that I mean I get I kind of get your point but yeah. why hasn't it happened there must be a reason because so, they're entrepreneurial PR people aren't they they're, yeah. they're looking for opportunities so I I, I really can't I, I don't understand this so actually I tweeted yesterday saying why aren't there more community specialists working in PR and, and there probably are you know they're, they're hidden in the woodwork and they've just not made themselves you know kind of evident they might just but not I call think, themselves community specialists yeah maybe you know, it, maybe it is that yeah. but but actually I think what we're seeing, and we're the platform, so we get to see, you know, who is using communities, who's setting up communities. And it's actually, the reality is very few comms people. Um, it's actually more people in marketing and product, customer success. Um, there's things like, you know, um, community relations specialists, those kind of things, but yeah. actually very few comms professionals. And I think it goes back to, I don't know, it just is, I think comms people are very good at sitting back and looking at the landscape and then thinking, okay, I'll do that. But often the opportunity goes. So if you're not talking about it, if you're not putting out the fact that you offer community as a service, then you should do because there are plenty of full service marketing agencies that are doing it. Yeah. And also, you know, people who jumped on SEO, people who jumped say, on... The SEO agencies, they're the, they're the um, chameleons of marketing, aren't they? So they will reinvent themselves as community Well, they, they do but, di um, digital PR. And actually, for me, digital PR was just PR through digital channels. Now yeah. it has a different meaning. But there are plenty of people who are, you know, making money out of community. So 
I, I find it fascinating. The PRCA um, eco um, uh, report last year said that this is where people are investing time and money. But actually, I don't see when I go onto sort of agency websites, many people saying we offer community no. as a as you know as a, a monetizable income stream. So well, you probably you probably find a, a lots of community um, management pages on websites. Uh, on agency websites appear after this podcast, Michelle. But, I hope so. Um, <laughs> so go on, tell us about Guild because um, mm-hmm. you've recently rejoined the firm um, and I always think with rejoiners, you kind of know what you're getting. So you, you must be quite excited about the future business. Yeah, I am. Um, yeah, I, I rejoined the, the firm. Um, I was head of marketing when I left. I'm, I'm CMO and also a partner um, when I'm returning. Um, basically, Guild is a platform for professional communities and networking. Um, somebody described it the other day as LinkedIn meets WhatsApp and they had a baby and boy, you guys are going to you know, take on the world. Um, it's four years old now, so it's not necessarily a new startup, but we're a startup scale up. Um, the difference between us and things like Mighty Networks and Circle and, and even Slack is that it's it's mobile first. So it's being created to be as easy to use as a consumer messaging app, um, but it's purpose built. So you can, uh, no ads, uh, it's GDPR and privacy by design. You can custom brand your groups and communities. You can make them private. You can make them discoverable. Um, if you're on the paid plans, then you have you know, full brandability, uh, admin, and also analytics as well. So it's a freemium SaaS product. Um, uh, and I think the reason for joining or rejoining is because I actually believe in this idea of community. And I think if you are a technology brand that can bring people together to collectively do good things, whether that's in sustainability or whether that's in anti-racism or whether that's improving, you know, professional practice, then, you know, this is the business to be in. Um, And, you know, I I love the fact that we can, you know, help people. Um, You know, we offer Guild for free to a lot of charities under, you know, certain incomes, for example. Um, There are mentoring communities. There's a lot of good stuff. And and the model... The, the, the model is what? So from the end, for the user's perspective, it's free. Yeah. And as a brand, I can set up a community yeah. with limited functionality for free. And then if I want a few more bells and whistles or launch more, more volumes of community, more, yeah. uh, more communities, I should say, I can pay a, a subscription fee. In yeah, exactly that. Right. All, all on the pricing page. But basically anybody can set up a community for free. And really the way that we've positioned it is if you're, a, you know, a, a small business or a consultant, you know, you can have the, the pro version um, and for businesses and enterprises, obviously, then there are business and, and enterprise plans as well. But the more functionality and features that you want, then obviously you get down that paid route. But, you know, we've got people like the CIPD, PRCA, uh, Deloitte, Salesforce, God, the list goes on. You know, okay. Some really great clients. So go and take a look. But but join as a user, get a sense of you know what the communities look like, and then you know figure out if it's for you. Um, as I say, you know it's not for everybody, but I think it's flipping brilliant. Otherwise, you know I wouldn't be part of the company. Brilliant, Michelle Goodall, um, CMO at Guild. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Oh, thanks, Ben. Great to be on here. Thanks for listening to the PR Moment podcast, produced in association with the Marketeers Network. If you'd enjoyed the show, please do review us on iTunes and give us a decent rating.